We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade. everybody welcome for the week 18 edition of the pro football focus fantasy show here on roto grinders i am Britt divine uh joined by mr ian harditz and ian let me tell you it is a glorious day maybe well not outside in new york state in syracuse where i live not a great day right there's like a blizzard i'm gonna have to snow blow after i'm done this show but starting tomorrow I no longer have to go to the damn sports book. I don't have to drive. I don't have to wait in the lines. I'm going to have it at my fingertips here. Uh, it, it, it's a great, great day to be great, my friend. You're damn right. It always is. I thought you were just going to intro, you know, week 18 DFS Christmas, but no, man, that's awesome. You know, no, no longer got to make those uh, Monday morning drives. I know that you're not the biggest uh, fan of, and I can't blame you. Unfortunately, not going to be that soon for me and, uh, you know, snowy Cincinnati myself, but we, uh, we legalized it not that long ago. Hopefully we'll have that set up here soon as well. Yeah. And if any of you people listening or watching live, if you're in New York, or you travel to New York and you want access, like I'm not overstating this. There's literally thousands upon thousands of dollars of free bets. You're going to be able to get from these sites and promotions and things like that as they battle it out in New York. If you want access uh, to the best promotions, the best, anything you can get from any of these sites, head to rotogrinders.com, click the sports book tab, 
Uh, there's a special New York section giving you all the best promotions. You know, you get like a hundred dollar free bet and then a thousand dollar risk-free bet on top of it. It's literally crazy. Um, check it out at Roto-Grinders for any of you New Yorkers. Uh, so it's week 18, uh, still some fun DFS stuff to ha- to talk about. Uh, you've, you know, we're going to do a little bit different than normal. Maybe we can talk a little bit about some of the teams that have something to play for some that don't, what we expect out of those before we get into the mismatch manifesto. Absolutely. And I was just cursing to myself there because, uh, Deontay Johnson has been activated off yep. the COVID list. Happy for him, but, uh, as we'll get to now, it's so easy to get all those guys you want to play in DFS uh, now, <laughs> you know, Ray, Ray Fox McLeod was sitting there making things awfully easy at 3,800. Not so much, but yes, Britt focusing on topic at hand. Basically, I think there are five situations to really kind of talk about in terms of starters taking the week off because their playoff hopes are just already um, locked and loaded. So Eagles should be heavily resting their starters. They don't have much of a choice. Saturday game anyway, so I know we're not super concerned with it, not on the main slate, but it would make a lot of sense if they heavily rest all those guys. You know, we've seen a bunch of running backs are on a COVID list, Jalen Hurts with an ankle. Just keep that in mind. The Cowboys, maybe they can get up as high as the number two seed if they get Rams and Buccaneers losses. It seems like one of these situations where I expect to see Dak and most of those guys out there. But as we're already seeing with Tony Pollard ruled out, if there is someone with an existing injury, you know, definitely have your expectations curved for those guys. Maybe the Buccaneers for a similar reason, like they have a chance to get as high as two. I'm more confident than though Bruce Aarons has already come out and really just confirmed their starters will be out there. And we saw him do it last year in week 17. So we can't necessarily trust Bruce Arians for fantasy purposes, but he does uh, tend to do a good job telling us when the starters will and will not be out there. Finally, Bengals and Bengals were fully expecting them to rest. Like Joe Burrow, not even going to play a snap. Apparently, you know, was texting, uh, you know, texting his backup uh, tag you're in, you know, earlier in the week. So he's known for a while that he's not going to be out there. And even though Aaron Rodgers is starting, man, I just can't see him and Devontae Adams playing much longer than a half. Devontae even said himself earlier this week that he doesn't expect to be out there for a full game. So maybe they are officially active, but about you man i'm gonna be hard pressed to play any of these starters and that includes aj Dillon in any sort of dfs contest worth a damn yeah any of those guys that are sort of borderline cases i think you should probably be staying away in dfs even for tournaments let some of the other people uh, hopefully pay the rake and don't let aaron Rodgers go for 400 yards and four touchdowns in the first half of this game on sunday uh, all right let's jump into the mismatch manifesto uh, I don't know if we've got any new listeners on week 18, uh, but why don't you tell the people uh, again, and I, I want to thank you uh, for uh, having this free for everybody all year long. I know some of the listeners like to look at it and I know people will stumble across it over on pro football focus as well. Um, just let the people know what we're about to talk about and then let's dice it up for week 18. Easy enough. It's something we already always talk about. I just kind of think it's, 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 this does a better job showing it, uh, you know, with our handy dandy conditional formatting. But every time we talk about mismatches, it's always the offense ranks X in this metric, the defense ranks Y in this metric. And that's why it's a good mismatch one way or another. I just combine those in explosive plays, pace, pressure, yards before contact and EPA help easily again show with the help of that ever great conditional formatting blue is good red is bad um you know top mismatches on both sides of the ball so starting off with some of these explosive pass play rates 
Packers, Patriots, Bills, and Rams looking good. We already talked about Green Bay and the potential for them not to be playing their starters, but these other squads, basically just because of the way their games are laying out, should be out there, you know, going for it all. Obviously got some incentives as well that we'll get into before we get into the DFS picks. Uh, some offenses not set up quite so well through the air. Washington, the Jets. I know Barrios actually came through for us last week. Unfortunately, oh, he's yeah. probably not going to be playing out there. Just got listed doubtful. Yeah, that sucks. Panthers. No, maybe Rob, no Robbie Anderson. You know, we could talk ourselves into DJ more a little bit more, but that's still a stretch. Dolphins and Giants. So I'm not saying you need to stay away from these teams. I think Terry McLaurin's an interesting GPP play. We know Jalen Waddle gets pepper targets, you know, really regardless of how of what the matchup is. But you know, really would just curb your expectations as a whole for these passing attacks because not in the best situations this week. All right, let's go down just a little bit farther in your article. Let's talk about pace. Uh, always one of the more important things. What are some games that might look like they're going to have a lot of snaps? One is really standing out. It looks like uh, the Cowboys at Philadelphia. Anything we can take, can we play a, 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 an Eagles backup? Can we play Zeke with Tony Pollard out? What are we expecting from that game? Because that looks like the juiciest one in terms of snaps available. It's kind of game well, man, unless we get some news that Boston Scott and Jordan Howard are off the COVID list. I mean, Sanders already been ruled out, so it should just be the Kenny G show out there. I'm sure sure they'll elevate someone else, but Gamewell should be the three down back. But man, no Dallas Goddard either. Jalen Hurst has had the ankle injury. I just really question how much Philly is really going to keep their foot on the gas. But we've seen, like even last week when Miles Sanders was out, like they still just have not been using Gamewell for the better part of the past like two months. So maybe earlier in the year, we'd have more concerns about like, do they actually kind of value Gamewell as a starter? But these days, I think it's pretty clear he is the number four RB on that depth chart. So Definitely feeling good about game on that one. On the main slate, Seahawks and Cardinals. Hey, man, only need to go back to about week 10 of last year to find the last time these two teams had an absolute shootout. Then also the Panthers and the Buccaneers. Really intriguing these with these Tampa Bay stacks and tournaments, man. It's always such a problem trying to figure out exactly which Buccaneer is going to ball out on a, you know any given week. But now, with Goblin out, with AB out, we got Gronk and Evans, you know, sitting pretty at the top of that depth chart. Should be getting some funnel opportunities, and both those guys have some incentives, uh, you know, at least in Evans' case, some, uh, you know, historical incentives that they should be striving for. So just a few uh, slower matchups, Packers and the Lions, Bengals and the Browns, and also the Colts and the Jaguars game. Britt, I have a rule of thumb. If the entire fan base uh, decides to wear clown costumes to the game, I bet against that team. That's just something I've been following over the years. Yeah, and uh, Bill O'Brien possibly coming back. Uh, this, this makes no sense. Uh, anybody but Bill O'Brien, uh, please, uh, Jacksonville. Did, did, did you this, see this... the rap sheet tweet, like, trying to, like, make his Houston <laughs> Yeah, he's a spy. He's, a, he's a spy for every other team, trying to oh, make sure man. Jacksonville stays bad. Uh, all right, let's look at pressure rate. Uh, good for defenses. Um, could be good uh, for offense as well if your quarterback is kept clean. Uh, what are some clean pockets for quarterbacks? What are some quarterbacks that might be under pressure this week? Yeah, I mean, Packers is popping. You know, if you're playing the Lions, you're going to have a great matchup in pretty much every category. Just unfortunately, we can't really use it. But again, two of these teams that were also in the fastest pace matchups, the Cardinals and the Buccaneers should also have all day to throw. And with Kyler, man, same kind of principle as Brady in terms of those targets really getting condensed as the season has gone on. I mean, earlier in the year with Hopkins in there, it really was like a five or six way committee in terms of guys just being so close to each other within targets. But over these last two, three weeks without Hawkins, we actually have seen Zach Ertz and then Christian Kirk really separate themselves from the other guys. So I'm not saying Wesley, A.J. Green, uh, Rondell Moore, if uh, he plays, they, they'll obviously have their chance to get theirs as well. But it really has been Ertz and then Kirk 
well above everyone else. And you look at the Seahawks defense, actually pretty good at stopping the deep ball by thinking those underneath intermediate areas. That's where Kirk Ertz and maybe James Conner with Chase Edmonds out could be eating uh, some more bad pressure situations though. Jets, Panthers, and the Dolphins. I don't think any of us are expecting too much out of them. Yeah, you got the Buccaneers on here too. I don't know. Uh, everything's coming up good for Tom Brady to go nuclear saying, maybe on this uh, as a, as a low owned tournament play this week. So uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about him in just a little bit. Uh, going down to the rest of your column, let's talk about yards before carry our yards before contact. Uh, I, yeah, YPC uh, got me mixed up there. Uh, so we'd like our running backs to get down the field as far as possible before they get touched. That's good for their fantasy production. Uh, anyone really standing out to us this week? Baltimore and Jacksonville. I mean, if you want to go with Devontae Freeman, I've heard worse ideas. This Pittsburgh defense is dead last in the league in yards before contact allowed per carry. Latavius has been a little more annoyingly involved in recent weeks, but last week we saw Freeman almost get back to that 70% snap rate and had 15 touches. So I kind of question the overall ceiling, particularly, you know, Lamar Jackson out again, but I've heard worse galaxy brain ideas than Devontae Freeman in this spot. Jaguars, we don't want to mess with Dari, man. I'm actually, you know, surprised that this matchup is as good for them um, as it's uh, coming out on paper. Really, the one, the only okay thing this Jaguars offense has done all year is actually have a somewhat efficient running game from time to time. With that said, too much Raquel Armstead. Like, I'm just staying away from them. The real intriguing ones are Devin Singletary, shaping up to be one of the chalkiest running backs on the slate for good reason. Amazing matchup, and we've actually finally seen him take over that backfield. And then with Washington, Antonio Gibson off the COVID list, doesn't have an injury designation. Uh, it's interesting, man. I'm curious kind of where Roto-Grinders has Gibson because he's someone I thought might be a little more under the radar given some of those guys at that price point. Maybe with Chase Edmonds out, he is actually popping a little bit more than usual. But depending on how that Gibson ownership is shaken out, um, I definitely don't mind him in tournaments if he's not going to be too chalky. Some situations that aren't so good, though. 49ers, Houston, and Pittsburgh. With that said, Najee, Elijah Mitchell, both these guys are, you know, two of the rare running backs where they do have enough volume to overcome tough matchups such as these. So I just pulled it up on the screen live for everybody. And if you guys want access to the ownership projections, you can always get Roto-Grinders Premium, uh, either for football or combo for all the sports involved. But we currently have Antonio Gibson. This is Friday. Things will change, uh, of course, throughout the weekend uh, as the fourth highest owned running back at 18%. Where, where does that stick with you? No, you're going to pass on that one. Uh, all right. Uh, let's round this out. Let's take a look at EPA per play. Vegas did not allow you to take advantage of them last week with any EPA mismatches, or maybe the NFL just scheduled it that way. Uh, is anything looking good for us this week, especially at least in the teams that we know might be playing for something, or is it another uh, zero burger? Back-to-back -back weeks, Britt. We've made it 16 straight without one of these, and now it's, yeah, it's nothing, because the only team popping is the Bengals, but obviously without Joe Burrow and everything, like, we can't actually take that as much. So, nope, no EPA goodness this week. Too bad. And I know you mentioned Singletary having a good matchup. Uh, I'll throw in some prop bets if you're on like a prize picks or you have access in sports books like I'm going to have uh, on Saturday morning. Uh, I like his over rushing yards was I think around like 68 or 70 last time I checked and is to score a touchdown in the wind game, right? It's going to be really windy in Buffalo. Josh Allen has not been able to throw lasers through the wind or the snow this year. Uh, I think Singletary is in line for a very big game and I'm sure we'll talk about him in DFS in just a little bit. Uh, Ian, that wraps it up for week 18 mismatch manifesto. And I do want to note I have breaking news, Ian. We will be back for next week uh, on Friday at our right. same time frame. Uh, we will be doing a at least the first round of the playoffs. We'll see after that. Uh, but we have contract contractually 
uh, been obligated to, to do that for at least one more week. So we will see you back here uh, next week, guys. Uh, all right, let's jump into uh, a couple bets of the week. Um, then we're going to talk some DFS and you can give some bonuses and incentives and things like that. Um, but Ian, I want to, I want to close out this week. Good. Because it's been, I've had a very up and down. I've had some great weeks. I've had some bad weeks and I've got, I got four picks this week. And I think some of these lines are just pretty far off in my opinion. I think my favorite one is just Washington minus seven against the giants. I mean, the giants, they, they should, they're done. They're, they're planning their golf trips. They're on vacation. They're already on this. They, even the coaching staff basically gave up last week. Nobody on the giants wants to play football anymore uh, outside of Saquon Barkley. And I don't even know if they're going to rack him up a a ton of touches this week. There's literally no reason for them to do something. Uh, They're just minus seven. And and I think they're going to absolutely just put it to the giants this week. I don't think the giants have uh, any motivation at all. And when you lack motivation in the NFL, you get absolutely run over as we've seen that for the past couple of weeks. So that's probably my number one. Um, my number two would probably be now I got this at minus nine on Monday morning. Cause I'm smart. I actually, well, not smart. Cause I had to drive to the sports book, but on, on next, you can actually bet these like a week ahead of time, uh, on the apps and things like that. So I'm really looking forward to that. So the chiefs at 10 and a half, I think is still very doable because the Broncos are another team. They have given up. They have no offense. Uh, they're not playing defense anymore. I, I'm expecting the chiefs. They have everything to play for in this game as well. So I'm looking for the Chiefs to go absolutely nuclear against Denver at minus 10 and a half. That's probably my second one. Uh, I'll let you get in here for a couple more and then I'll round it out. Yeah, I do like all yours uh, this week. Any of those, you know, especially money line parlay and just kind of removing the spread from it. Don't hate that idea at all. I do like Pittsburgh plus three and a half against Tyler Huntley. Like I get it. He's a quality backup, but I just think the way TJ Watt, you know, really couldn't absolutely destructed this uh you know uh ravens offensive line the first time they faced i have a hard time seeing the ravens really moving too much of the ball pittsburgh does still you know have enough of a slim chance i think that they will be out there trying to get a win in big ben's last game not last home game but just overall three and a half points again if it was at three or two and a half maybe not but i just don't really see the ravens you know being a worthwhile three and a half point favorite in this spot colts minus 15 goes back to the rule thumb brit again if the team wears, if their entire fan base is wearing clown suits to the game, I'm betting on the other team. It's just, you know, a principle I've held near and dear to my heart for a long time. <laughs> and then also we got Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus eight against the Panthers. I think they're coming out. I, you know, and with Brady, you know, now losing Goblin, losing AB, like they need to stay hot, try to get hot, I should say, going into these playoffs. So Evans, Gronk, we got incentives there. And just with this Panthers team, it's another squad that I think has pretty much called it quits yeah. here at this point in the season. So even if Brady and company don't stay, hot like Tampa Bay number one defense in the league in havoc which just measures you know pressures pass breakups fumbles interceptions per play and stuff like that against Sam freaking Darnold man so we could see a situation I think where Keyshawn Vaughn and Le'Veon on the ground are enough for Tampa Bay to cover that number uh to your point you know I think when you do see teams completely done with motivation against teams that still have a lot to play for uh, that's when you do kind of see some of these gaudy spreads still manage to get beat yeah, I like that one. Uh, I, I agree completely with all of yours as well. So we're not going head to head. A couple other ones I like Saints minus three and a half. Uh, they're just a, the Saints have everything to play for. The Falcons have nothing to play for. And three and a half is just way too low when you consider all factors involved. Taysom Hill, uh, Alvin Kamara, they should be able to do whatever they want against uh, the Falcons. 
And I'm just like three, this could be a touchdown and I still might bet it on the same side. I think that line is way too low. And then my bonus pick, I'm coming with four this week because I want to end up, uh, I want to end up in the green. I got, I want to sweep. I got the chargers minus three and I don't like, I think the, the Raider, I guess I think the Titans have been somewhat fraudulent this year, but now they're going to be healthy for their playoff run. So I think the Titans are a little going to be a better, but better team as they enter the playoffs where the, the Raiders are, I just think they've been a fraudulent team sort of all year. Maybe they figured out how to play a little bit better without John Gruden and without um, Henry Ruggs. And is, is Waller going to be back in this game or is he still? I is think he... so. He's been limited, but they said earlier in the week that they expect him. Yeah. So even with Waller back, I'm not expecting him to be the godsend that allows them to really compete. And I think the Chargers, they're doing some stupid Charger things when, you know, we, we thought, you know, Staley going for a fourth down and being aggressive was going to alleviate them from being the Chargers of the past. They've fallen into some of these traps. I think they write the ship here and can really, uh, you know, absolutely blow the Raiders out of the water here to close the season. So I'm going with four favorites, Chargers, Chiefs. You better hope the uh, Saints in Washington. So we don't get that. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to imagine the Colts win that game. If you like the minus 15, I think that, that one's pretty good. I think Jonathan, fair, uh, fair Jonathan Taylor. Like how over oh, what's he at? Is, is that like 115, 116? I like taking his first half yards uh, instead if you can find that. Cause that could be a situation where that game is just very ugly in the second half. And maybe he doesn't get all the way there, but he gets like three touchdowns or something like 266 that. 266 away from two, two hundred. Uh, I don't know about that. He got like 250 against them this time last year. I don't, I just don't see them needing to, if they're up like 24 to three in the fourth quarter, why more Jonathan Taylor carries why when they're going to have to turn it around? Why when they have for to turn it around? Cash teams. <laughs> mine too, friend. Mine too. Uh, all right. So that's going to wrap it up for the bets of the week. Uh, before we get into some DFS chatter, why don't you talk about some of the incentives uh, that are out there for some of these players? Any little, we tried this with Antonio Brown uh, last week. It did not work out well for me personally, Ian. So hopefully some of these guys uh, have a little bit of a cooler head and don't storm off the field and quit in the middle of the game. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to uh, Anthony Amico for compiling um, the majority of these. He does great work over established to run amongst other places throughout the uh, industry. You can find him on Twitter at Amicsta, A-M-I-C-S-T-A. So with that in mind, Cooper Cup, single season records for receptions and yards. He needs 12 more catches, 136 receiving yards. 171 more yards to get to 2k does seem like a situation where the rams need to keep their foot on the gas cups and balling all year wouldn't expect that to stop now tom brady gets an extra 500k plus for being a top five passer in passer rating touchdown passes passing yards completion rate or yards per attempt he's also only 488 away from the single season record again we saw this last year man it was in the fourth quarter ab still had some incentives and brady like up three touchdowns is running one pop pass after another just to get brown there so i do think they are aware of that and two more guys that are kind of should be benefiting from that rob gronkowski he gets 500k bonuses for having 55 catches 750 receiving yards and nine touchdowns to reach all of those he needs seven catches 85 yards and three touchdowns Britt, we might see them get in the red zone just start peppering gronk with uh these sort of targets trying to get him those i'm on my, i'm on mike evans this mike evans volume receivers why this is my both? week for today why not both because evans to your point only needs 55 receiving yards to get to a thousand so definitely keep an eye on gronk i'm gonna have several man brady gronk evans stacks and tournaments this week no doubt about it 
Aaron Rodgers, again, I don't expect him to be out there a ton. He does get an extra 100K for being top three in passer rating, completion rate, interception rate, yards per attempt, and touchdown passes. So maybe we just see him, you know, try to be extra efficient when he's out there. But again, not enough for me to really, um, you know, walk that plank. Stefan Diggs gets uh, an extra 1.5 million to his base contract over the next two years with 100 catches or 1,375 receiving yards. He needs six catches and 231 yards to get there. But to your point, Britt, pretty scary with the way that went shaping up in Buffalo. You know, if this wasn't a dome or something like that, I'd be a lot more in on Diggs and company going to be a little bit more of a stretch play. Now, uh, Jamar chase needs 45 receiving yards for the most ever by a rookie, just 12 more to break Chad Johnson's record for the Bengals. They said in 2007, Zach Taylor did say there's a chance he plays. Seems like a situation though, where if he's active, you know, Hey, let's feed him three, four targets early, get him the record and then get him out of there. Mark Andrews needs 141 receiving yards to break Kelsey's record for tight ends. Not easy to feed someone 141 receiving yards, but it, it is a situation where I don't expect him to necessarily rest, leave this one early because he does is in reach of that record. Also, Kyle Pitts, similar thing. He's going to play through the hamstring injury, try to get those 59 receiving yards to break Mike Ditka's rookie tight end record. And finally, the guy that started this whole thing off, Jonathan Taylor, 266 rushing yards away from 2K. Come on, Britt. Believe, man. He can get I mean, there. he's going on my cash team, at least on DraftKings for sure. Yes. So we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, so those are some incentives to keep your eye on for this week. Uh, any little edge you can get in week 18 DFS uh, is certainly worthy of some uh, extra attention. Um, all right. Um, before I talk a little bit more DFS, I want to tell you guys about Jock Market. Uh, it's a different way to play DFS. You can buy and sell shares of players, basically like a stock market. Uh, in real time for real money, uh, there is a 100% deposit match up to $50 using promo code GRINDERS. Uh, you can download the Jock Market app in your Apple or Play stores. Uh, use promo code GRINDERS, 100% deposit match up to $50. And then get this, if you are a first-time player using the promotional code GRINDERS on Jock Market, they will have a first market guarantee that will refund your first $100 if you happen to lose in that. So it's a fun little game. You can play it before lock. You can play it during the games. Uh, you get that risk-free $100 from them using promo code GRINDERS. Check them out. Uh, I've played it myself, uh, a fun game and uh, very entertaining. And uh, there are definitely people on Jock Market that like make a lot of money on Jock Market because it is a very inefficient marketplace uh, with a, a lot of people um, taking the favorites when you can make a lot of money uh, betting for some big performances uh, from some of the cheaper players. So make sure to go check that out. Uh, all right, let's talk some cash game quarterback. There's basically two on the radar this week, maybe three if you want to throw Trey Lance in there as well. But I think I'm going to be paying a little bit more for Taysom Hill against the Falcons. The Falcons, like we said in the beginning, any of these teams, the Giants have given up, um, the Jaguars have given up. Uh, I think experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC from the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore. We're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today in store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade. Showing your good side has many rewards. Become a donor at Griffles Plasma, and your plasma can make life-saving medicines. Millions of people depend on these medicines to live healthier, more active lives. And every time you donate with Griffles Plasma, you're compensated. You can receive over $500 the first month. 
Learn more about plasma and how it helps people at grifflesplasma.com. The Falcons have given up. The, these teams show no resistance on defense towards the end of the season. Taysom Hill is going to be able to do whatever we want. They can't pressure the quarterback. They can't stop the run. This is a Taysom Hill game uh, completely, in my opinion. So I like him. If you do want to spend some money, um, Kyler Murray is definitely, he is the alpha Kyler Murray form of when he has these massive games right now. He's running, he's passing. He doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins, which might limit in the red zone, but we just, we substitute Antoine Wesley for DeAndre Hopkins as the giant red zone weapon for the Cardinals. And it's not really slowing Kyler down at all. I do think I'm going to be going with Taysom. Uh, I think Kyler has some huge upside in this game because they're going to be balling out in this game, in my opinion, against Seattle. And I think Seattle, um, Russell might be trying to make it cook one last time here. Uh, so I think that game which could have some fireworks. Um, but just with how we want to get Jonathan Taylor and a couple more expensive players in, Ian, uh, I'm leaning Taysom. And then you can also go down to Trey Lance, too, if you have to. And I think if you want to go with Kyler, he's, again, very viable to stack with Ertz and or Christian Kirk or the way they have been really funneling targets to those two recently. I am with you, though. I'm leaning towards Taysom right now. Going to have to rethink the build a little bit, though, because I'm not quite sure I'm feeling good about, you know, Jawan Winfrey or something as a uh, pay down wide receiver to help squeeze in Taylor and cup. But yeah, to me, like when the week started, when the week started, I was, you know, looking at uh, Taysom versus Trey Lance versus potentially Justin Fields. Obviously Jimmy G is looking like he's going to try to tough this one out. And also we need to uh, potentially worry. And then also Fields has already been ruled out. So Taysom Hill, he has been a freaking top 12 fantasy quarterback in six of his eight starts, had the Buccaneers game where he didn't get there. And then last week was a situation where he finished as a QB 13. So floor continues to be really high. Saints continue to have a reason to really just try to run him as much as possible. And the Falcons defense, man, they've given up the third most rushing yards to opposing QBs. And I refrain from stats like that sometimes because you can look a little closer at it. It's like, oh, they face Lamar and Taysom and all these guys already. They really haven't. So when you actually consider Taysom having 10 plus carries and seven of his eight career starts, he turned in two QB one performances against his defense last year. I think everything's lining up for Taysom. Uh, what are we going to do in tournaments? So uh, Josh Allen, right? Everyone's going to go go to him. Uh, I don't know. Is that trappy in the win game? He, he, is, he has not been good in any of these Buffalo weather games this year. Uh, we're both on Tom Brady. That's looking really juicy, especially we've got Mike Evans um, and Gronk. And uh, who's who's the other receiver, the, the cheap guy that had all the, the fans? Cyril, Cyril Grayson. Yeah, so he's like a cheap way to, to get some stacks into there. So Brady looks like he could go absolutely bonkers if he wants to. I mentioned Kyler. Um, just what's your take on Allen in the weather and, and how he's played so far this year? I think it's okay for tournaments, but I, I like the Buccaneers, I think, a lot more at this point. So Brady would be my number one uh, tournament option stacking buddy. But with Josh, there also is a case to be made that with Emmanuel Sanders looking doubtful, we actually have a similar spot where we can go Josh, Diggs, again with the incentives, and then either a Gabriel Davis or a Dawson Knox because the one takeaway we did see last week was that even though Cole Beasley came back, Isaiah McKenzie pretty much split snaps with him. They use McKenzie a lot more in the, inside the red zone. So could have been a situation where it was just Beasley's first game back from the COVID list. They didn't feel comfortable giving him a full workload, but as it stands, can't really trust Beasley or McKenzie here. So I think Allen, uh, again, makes sense in tournaments, but I just prefer Brady a little bit more. And honestly, I think I prefer, I prefer Kyler uh, more than Josh as well. So, you know, top three, but yeah, give me Brady and the Kyler stacks uh, over Josh. 
I'm going to throw Stafford in there as long as he's not throwing all these interceptions every week. Um, <laughs> you know, he's got Cooper Cup. Odell looks good. This isn't a team you want to run against. You want to throw uh, as much as you can. So I think he looks pretty juicy as a, as a quarterback we can use uh, against San Francisco this week in some tournaments. Uh, at the running back position, I think we've got Depending Jonathan. Up. We're doing it. We're doing yeah, it. We've got Jonathan Taylor this week, who definitely is the player of choice to pay up for, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, won't catch many passes, but I think it's a foregone conclusion of the 100 yard bonus. And I don't think it's uh, will he score a touchdown? It's will he score more than one touchdown, right? <laughs> so that you're you're looking at what 20 DraftKings points at that. If anything over 100 yards or an extra touchdown, you're probably going to need him in most cash games or tournaments to do well. Not much left to be said there. After that, there are a lot of guys. The guy I'm eyeing on is maybe your Josh Allen arbitrage. I'm looking at Devin Singletary. Uh, I mentioned him at the top. I like his props. I like him to get in the end zone. Um, he's taken over basically the full time role. And with another windy game in Buffalo, they've had no problem leaning on him in the pass game, in the checkdown game, or to score some touchdowns. So I'm looking at him as basically an anchor of my cash teams. It worked last week, Ian. Why can't it work again this week? <laughs> Fair enough. I'm also going with Taylor and Singletary. The matchup's even better than it was before. And, you know, all those concerns that we just voiced about Allen and his passing game, I do think uh, is pretty much cleaned up uh, with Singletary attacking the run. So he does figure to get a ton of the ownership, particularly with Chase Edmonds uh, being ruled out. So I would have gone Edmonds over Singletary if it was still Edmonds and no Connor. But don't have to worry about that now. I do think there are some other viable um, options. Antonio Gibson is there. Uh, if you decide to want to put him in the flex, Nick Chubb, depending on Kareem Hunt, could be the only healthy Browns running back. Now, I know we saw last week that they weren't willing to feed him a ton in a game that made more sense for the Browns to do so. But uh, maybe just with Dearness Johnson on the COVID list and Kareem Hunt's going to remain out with the ankle, he should be seeing a lot of touches. Keep an eye on Mark Ingram's status. He did return to practice this week, but it'll be another Alvin Kamara uh, potential game if you want to pay up there. A lot more possibilities now, Britt, that we probably aren't going to be able to fit Cooper Cup in here. Uh, so would just uh, say that as well. Um, in terms of some of the tournament guys, though, I do like the 6K range um, a little bit more. David Montgomery against the Vikings defense that really can't stop the run or pass at this point. Going down a little bit lower to Rashad Penny, one of these guys that's really been balling, man. Three top 10 finishes in his last four games. And anytime you got a running back that should be seeing 20 touches and more game scripts than not, should have a pretty good reason to fade them. Cardinals run defense being the single worst in the league and explosive run play rate allowed is not one of them. And then um, finally, I would just say Elijah Mitchell at 6K. Look, if it's not going to be Trey Lance, it's going to be Jimmy G. Like I was uh, looking at uh, Dr. Jeff Mueller on Twitter. He's a good account um, to follow. But basically, someone was asked, he was saying that he thinks Jimmy G is going to be out there because the way he was throwing a practice. And someone just asked, like, is it physically, like medically possible for this dude's like UCL and his thumb to reattach this quickly? And Dr. Mueller said, no, it's not. So he doesn't think he's going to play well, but he's going to be out there uh, with this sort of injury. I think it certainly makes sense for them to lean on Mitchell more than ever. And at that price point, pretty reasonable pivot from Singletary. And final guy I just want to bring up real quick, I guess also James Conner with uh, Chase Edmonds out of the picture. We should be giving him a much longer look. But uh, more importantly, Deontay Foreman, who is basically like a poor man's version of Jonathan Taylor in this spot. We should be seeing 20-plus touches. I'd be kind of surprised if Foreman doesn't score a touchdown against the Texans in a must-win game for the Titans. You know, he just basically costs like a little bit more than half the price of the guy. So Deontay Foreman with that Titans defense, um, I do think is a quality tournament stack as well.
Yeah, can, can we trust Keyshawn Vaughn is looking like he's popping on our ownership projections there? I think it's going to be split. I think it's going to be split between him and Bell. And I again, I see Brady just really trying to get those numbers. He, he's got to know he's only 455 away from that record. You know he wants to break that. All right. Uh, for tournaments, my one guy I'm really looking to jam in. Now, it's not to say you want to play him over Jonathan Taylor, but maybe you play him with Jonathan Taylor and you save a lot of money somewhere else in the rest of your lineup. And that's Alvin Kamara at 8,300, um, especially if Ingram um, isn't suited up or has some sort of limitations. Uh, I, I, I like Kamara quite a bit this week, as long as all that holds true, because it's like it's against Atlanta. Um, I think you could even stack them with Taysom because that's basically Taysom's number one target right now. And they're going to be able to do whatever they want on offense against the Falcons in this game. I think the Saints are just a much better overall team. I can't believe it's only three and a half. Uh, when I was looking at it earlier today. So I, I like Kamara. I don't see how you could do it over over Taylor, but maybe a way to play both of them in your lineup looks pretty interesting. And then the other guy, you mentioned Dante Foreman, who's he's basically solidified himself as the league back until yeah. uh, Derrick Henry comes back for the playoffs. And this is a game they're going to, uh, I just, I don't know, they're going to feature Foreman and they should be able to win. So he looks pretty juicy um, as as the main back right now. Yeah, man. I mean, again, poor man's Jonathan Taylor here. And there is, like, in tournaments, I'm probably going to be close to fade. I'm not going to fully fade Jonathan Taylor. I think that's, you know, not not quite for uh, the faint of heart. But I just think that there is He's not garnering a ton of ownership. We got him at 20% on DraftKings. Maybe it'll be a little Uh, higher. But it's just, it's salary. It's still, there's no, like, 3k wide receiver you want to play this week so it okay, is tough to get all these guys on <laughs> i don't know you're gonna barrios is fine i was cool with that last week but this week i don't know so here's the thing this week we got Jawan winfrey sitting there at 3k it's just one of the packers guys like the assumption is that Devonte is not going to be out there for very long and accordingly you would think lazard and mbs so you go with Jawan winfrey who was basically a number one target getter in that cardinals game earlier this year when the packers were basically forced to play without any of their wide receivers other than randall cobb at at that point so sticking with the wide receivers yeah man it's rough I, I really don't think we can get up to uh cooper cup here and feel good about it at all even with some of the cash savings we'll have a tight end and the defense so going down from cooper cup let's get the next best thing man that's probably a monroe st brown jared goss version of uh, cooper cup these days going up against a bunch of packers backups this game is in detroit so we don't have to worry about any bad weather excuse me or anything like that and with St. Brown, man, he's had, I think, top six finishes in four of the last five weeks. Like, And for my season-long fantasy awards, he won Comeback Player of the Year, which was just biggest difference in fantasy points per game in the second half of the season versus the first half of the year. So St. Brown's been absolutely crushing it. They do get Khalif, Khalif Raymond and uh, Josh Reynolds off IR, but even when they were still in the lineup, I think it's pretty clear St. Brown is the number one there. With uh, um, Emmanuel Sanders, doubtful. I think Gabriel Davis is very in play at 4,900 as well. After that, Britt, is where it gets interesting because if we go all the way down to someone like Winfrey and pretty much fade I that. Am playing, I am playing Winfrey in cash. I'll tell you that right now. Okay, but we got to find two more spots then. If we go Winfrey, then he can get up like to Nick Chubb or Kamara or someone for your flex spot. So that's like, do you, are, do you want one of those stud running backs bad enough to pretty much just fade your third wide receiver? Or do you want to go more into the mid-tiers? Because just looking kind of at the 5K, even like 6K range, man. 6K range is looking pretty good. I like Christian Kirk and I like a Monroe St. Brown, but in cash with those other guys, man, I don't know. I'm not that sold on them. Well, St. Brown. So I'm going to throw this and I don't know if this is going to hold, but we've got DK Metcalf is 6,900. We've got him at 
15% tournament ownership. We've got Amon Ross St. Brown at 6,800, less than a 1% tournament ownership currently right wow. now. So that's like one of the biggest spreads. I think St. Brown will get a little higher because I certainly like him too. He's got ready back to back to back to back to back at least 11 target games, right? And yeah, Swift last week, right, was supposed to be unleashed and steal all those little underneath targets. And that didn't happen. And then now Swift comes out earlier today. He's like, oh, yeah, that was the plan all along for me to not be on He said it's going to be the same plan this <laughs> yeah, week. it's going to be the same plan this week. So why do we not want to play St. Brown? He's like my tournament play if that ownership holds because he looks absolutely juicy against all these backups in a dome, right? It's the perfect spot for him. But I sort of like this Brandon Cooks, right? 6,300. He's another one of these back-to-back-to-back double-digit targets. And this is a game they're probably going to be playing catch-up from. Uh, all those targets and receptions, they count. And even if he doesn't get into the end zone, um, what did he have? 10 for 102, 11 for 101, and 11 for 66 in his past couple of games. He's not going to kill you at 6,300 with any of those performances, even if he doesn't get into the end zone. So I think he looks pretty good. Uh, DK Metcalf, the blitz is really liking him. Is he someone, right? So he's been ultra touchdown dependent, right? So without the touchdowns this year, his lines look pretty bad. Thankfully, the touchdowns do count fantasy. Um, but what are we going to do with him at 6,900 against Arizona? Lockett's also garnering some ownership. I think Christian Kirk looks pretty good. DJ Moore looks reasonably good, although you have to catch these passes from Sam Darnold. <laughs> Not the greatest. Uh, I just think this, this mid-6K tier, find a way to get like three of these guys onto your team instead of even going all the way up to a cup. And if you can't get the cup, you got Justin Jefferson right there at 8,100 as your max spend, who is basically in a, in a complete, you know, target hog situation this week without Thielen going up against Chicago. That's sort of what I'm looking at, at least in for cash right now. Yeah. And again, I, I, you're not wrong. I, I like those guys too, but when we go, if we have a Monra, we got Gabriel Davis, let's say, and then Christian Kirk plus the kind of regular book, we've been talking about it leaves you with 100 or less to really fill out that final spot and that's the problem like there's just not really even someone at like samaje piran Keyshawn bond i'm not feeling good about those guys so i think it's just a matter of like do you really want to kind of get one of these lower 5k high 4k guys that you don't feel that great about or do you really want to punt that spot altogether take a Juwan Winfrey and then feel really freaking good about you know your flex so just that's kind of like the 2v2 I think I'm going into the weekend but moving on to some uh, tournament guys I think Lockett is the play over Metcalf this week man because if you just look at what really when who Russ has been targeting more so in these Cardinals matchups in recent history it's been Lockett he's owned this defense I mean, I mentioned that shootout. He had like 15 catches for 200 yards and three scores against these guys last year. And he had over 100 yards when they played earlier this season. So uh, with Lockett and Metcalf, we know they're both capable of having these monster games. But I think, you know, historically, a lot of that, I think, was probably Patrick Peterson being the guy checking Metcalf. Russ probably gave him a little bit too much respect. But Tyler Lockett, like we know he has these monster uh, upside potential. He does tend to, you know, kind of screw over his season-long fantasy managers, put together these big games uh, after the fantasy season's already over i do like Lockett a lot in tournaments also would note uh someone you can save a couple salary saving options in tournaments donovan people jones at 4.3k going to get some bangles backups don't have to worry about baker mayfield anymore so i think he, he makes some sense there cyril grayson he mentioned before 4.4k uh, as a you know pivot off just the more chalky buccaneers guys and also in that 6k range yeah i agree with you man cooks kirk monra st brown a lot of good guys 
Why not go with some of the ones in between them that we also know have that upside? Jalen Waddle, always a candidate for 10-plus targets himself. And even Terry McLaurin, man, he has at least seven catches in each of his past four games against this Giants defense. James Bradbury is a very good cornerback, but he struggles against route-running technicians like McLaurin. You know, Giants defense pretty much quit on the year anyway. Who can blame them when he got Jake Fromm under center? So I know it's been a while for Terry. He does still have four top 10 finishes this year. And, you know, once again, when you have, just like when we have running backs uh, guaranteed for 20 plus touches, we should really think long and hard about fading them. When we have a number, number one receiver looking at 10 plus targets. I think that goes in the same t- sort of thought. Uh, mine, two wide receivers I'm looking to use this week for tournaments. Definitely Amon Ross St. Brown, especially if his ownership holds at sub 1%. That seems like an absolutely lock. And then uh, I'm on target hog, Mike Evans. Um, yeah. You know, when he gets targets, that man produces and that man scores touchdowns. So he is definitely one of my favorite tournament plays. We're both on Tom Brady. This seems to correlate with that pretty well. So I'm on that uh, very, very uh, hard this week. Uh, Let's go to tight ends. Um, Just another week. We we saved some money, Ian. It's really hard, right? If you want Jonathan Taylor, you basically can't get anyone really high priced anywhere else so that sort of rules out a gronk or i think zach Ertz. those are probably the guys if you happen to have money let's say something happens between now and then and we're able to spend up on tight end but i'm just finding myself in the tyler higby and below tier right so he's like the highest of the cheap guys that i think you can make work this week at four thousand. there's cole Komet. And I know, I know you like John Bates at 3K for the ultimate in cheapness. Um, I'll let you talk about him, but I think any of these guys, it's basically the last spot I'm filling in this week and just going with the cheapest of the Higby, Komet, uh, Bates tier. No, I think he nailed it. I would also say Gerald Everett is viable as well at 3,700. Again, this game could be a shootout, and it looks like Will Disley is going to be ruled out for this one. So Everett was already kind of cemented as the number one tight end, but the weeks where Disley has also missed time, you know, he really starts to play a true every-down role. But that's why we're in on John Bates. Like, Ricky Seals-Jones has been ruled out. Obviously, Logan Thomas not back in the picture. And when you have a 3K tight end that is going to play truly 99 to 100% of the offensive snaps in a reasonable enough matchup, awfully hard to fade there so yeah if you can get up i you know gronk gonna be one of my staples in tournament lineups uh, and i think zach Ertz, as we've talked about being the number one target without hopkins uh makes some sense as well kittle i'm just a little too worried about the overall volume Pitts has the hamstring andrews uh you know i guess he could get a 7500 is just awfully expensive so i wouldn't mind littering you know andrews across some lineups uh other than that the only other guy i really maybe see I like Pat Fryer before Deontay Johnson was coming back. So yeah. maybe Dawson Knox, man, because if there is going to be a situation where someone benefits, even in a win type game, you think it beats some of those goal line passes getting Knox. We know he has the two touchdown upside. Goose egg last week sucked, but you know, Josh Allen threw for 120 yards. It happens. Uh, yeah, I like Knox as a tournament play, especially with the goose egg. Literally, he'll be, Definitely. he will be sub 1% owned this week, uh, I would yeah. imagine, in any of these large field tournaments. And I got a good one for you, too, from the clown game in Jacksonville. Oh, the uh, roofclaim.com, a roofing business. Uh, who was going to be the sponsor of the final game of the Jaguar season has now sued the Jaguars to be removed as the sponsor of the clown game. So <laughs> how about this, Ian? Uh, oh just nothing's goodness. going good for the Jaguars right now. <laughs> they do. They, they are really destined to hire Bill O'Brien, aren't they? This is so bad. Well, yeah, because they're not. I mean, the latest thing I read, too, is because they're not uh, firing the GM, like a t- ton yeah. of coaches are like, no, like, we're not. Everyone, everyone needs to go. 
to start there all is, over. Uh, there's actually a great article from uh, Kevin Clark over at, over at the Ringer where he kind of talked about like the like how NFL teams keep messing up one coaching hire after another. And one of the points he made was like we they put this like artificial like kind of they want to get this done before the combine. So all these teams like really only they limit themselves into who they can even hire in this month long period. And then you know when it goes wrong in three years, they just do the opposite of whatever didn't work. Oh. It's such a mess, man. It's crazy. All right, let's get out of here with some defenses and a couple defense tournament stacks. What are we looking at this week? Yeah, so I think in cash, look, in my opinion, the perfect defense is a good real life defense and a great matchup. And you're at, they're also playing at home. So if we can check those three boxes, that's awesome. But beggars can't be choosers when we're truly dumpster diving, which is what we're doing with the Miami Dolphins at 2,400. Mac Jones and this Patriots offense, like, yeah, I'm sure they'll have some success, but we've seen them dud out Dolphins defense, number two in the NFL on Havoc. They blitz more than anyone. They got the good outside cornerbacks and they're at home. So I think there's enough going their way where I'm okay with the Dolphins at 2,400. If you do have a few extra hundred dollars, though, getting up to Cleveland at twenty six hundred against a bunch of Bengals backups isn't a bad idea either. So I think those are kind of the main two cash defenses I'm deciding uh, between. I do think there are a lot of uh, potential stacking opportunities, though, sub three K with their running backs. Looking at the Lions, you know, Swift, he did say his role isn't really going to change him. He played 57 percent of the offensive snaps, man. So the six touches really sucked, but he is now going to be facing Packers backups. And hey, man, you know, if we are going to have a lot. Jordan Love out there who couldn't even find the end zone once I believe against the Chiefs when he was out there maybe that Lions defense and Swift uh, could swing a tournament or two Nick Chubb and the Browns defense versus the Bengals Dave Montgomery and the Bears defense versus the Vikings also in play um, Dalvin Cook and the Vikings I think versus the Bears on the other side of things and then maybe Elijah Mitchell versus the Rams as well that was, I guess, going to be my uh, – you said it. Jonathan Taylor's tournament ownership isn't that high. But I do think there are opportunities to pay up at running back, not to Taylor, and that is where we can save a little bit of money. I know Dalvin Cook is looking kind of chalky here. But Kamara and Chubb, man, like we know those guys are capable of blowing up a slate themselves. And they're really, you know, just – they're not super affordable. Because of that, I think they're going to carry less ownership than we might expect them to in these perfectly winnable spots for both. All right, that's going to do it for the Week 18 edition. Uh, don't forget, uh, we will be back here next week uh, for the first round of the playoffs. There are enough games. Uh, we will be back doing that. Um, thanks to all of you watching live on YouTube. Please click the like button. Uh, and if you'd like to get not just this show, but everything else here at Roto-Grinders, please click the subscribe button. And again, all of you New Yorkers, if you're as excited as me about getting mobile sports betting at your fingertips, we're going to have FanDuel, DraftKings, Caesars, and Bet Rivers. Uh, sometime on Saturday, and then at some point in the near future, we're going to have at least five other sport. Well, not at least five other sports books will be here. Check out all the links at Roto Grinders. Uh, you can go to the sports book tab, and you can get all of these massive bonuses—literally thousands upon thousands of dollars. These sites will be throwing at you in an attempt to earn your loyalty. My best advice. Use that against each other and get all of the bonuses from all the sites and pay for your Christmas presents uh, in uh, just uh, about a month later uh, on the sports book. So make sure to check that out and use those Roto Grinders links. Uh, Ian, who, who's this? I know I hear about PFF Lily. Is this, this is uh, PFF Lily? Of course. All right. I thought it was a cat for a second, but yeah, nah, she needs to get Lily. groomed. It's, it's happening on Saturday, but yeah, PFF Lily with the week 18 send off. Thank you everyone for uh, tuning in throughout the year. It's been a fun time. All right, for Ian, I'm Britt. Thanks to everybody for watching, and we out ya.